For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Gwadney, and I'm joined in the studio today by Braden Chancellor, who is the undergraduate intern at the, or undergraduate curator at the McKay Library. He's here to talk today about a new exhibit coming to the McKay Library. Thanks for joining me. Hi, how you doing, Chandler? Good, good. It's good to, good to have you here. So tell me a little bit about this exhibit. Yeah, so this exhibit that I am planning is titled Controversial Conversations. So I have, this is my fifth exhibit that I've done in the library. Um, and this one is unique because it's, I've ultimately designed and curated all by myself rather than having working with a team. And so this summer I was looking over uh, the history of children's books, picture books specifically. And I noticed a trend that a lot of picture books throughout history, um, the 20th century, the 21st century, have been banned. And I was noticing this trend of banning books. It still continues today. But what I found was interesting is that the reason books are banned is changing constantly. So in the 1920s, it might have been for communism, children's books that briefly mention it or highlight it. Um, But nowadays, a lot of books are being banned uh, because of their topic of sexuality, gender, stuff like that. And so what I thought would be interesting is what if we compared all these books that have been banned, picture books, selecting various ones that are very popular, showcasing why they've been banned throughout the decades, and then on that, showcasing how these books compare with books that are being banned today. And so when you look at these and examine these, you can kind of get this cross-examination and say, oh, okay, it's interesting to see that books are still being banned, but the reasons are always changing. And so it creates this dialogue um, that I... I'm hoping acts as if like acts like a forum, if that makes sense, like a, for discussion where people can come and say, well, okay, well, what is the role of picture books in talking about controversy? Should they talk about controversy? Should books be banned? What's the line for banning books? And how as I as a parent, future educator or anything like that can know what books to allow my children, my child to read and what books to not allow, if that makes sense. Yeah, let's let's highlight this because if, before we turn on the microphones, we talked a little bit about the books that are being banned. Yes. Um, and some of these books surprised me because they were a big part of my childhood. I had them on my childhood bookshelf. Uh, one of them being Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sindak. Right? Yes. And that, to me, seemed like an innocent story about a boy who was going on an adventure with with monsters and, and just, you know, having a day in his room, right? Right. Why was that one banned? So that one specifically was banned. Um, that one was challenged. And when I say challenged is uh, a lot of times when books are deemed controversial, uh, organizations, whether it's schools or libraries, will challenge a book and say, hey, I don't think a kid should be reading this. And then if it passes uh, in certain libraries or schools, it will be banned. And so this book was specifically challenged and then banned because uh, of the way Max invo- interacts with his mom. Specifically, he is very disobedient, and so when this book is released in the 60s, uh, they find this controversial that it inspires kids to be disobedient uh, to their parents, if that makes sense. And because ultimately, I guess you could see it rewards kids for being disobedient because eventually he goes on this crazy adventure, and then at the very end, he still his mom still puts, like makes him food, right? Stuff like that. So I, ultimately, that is one reason why he was banned. Um, there's also another another reason it was banned is because apparently the mom was abusive to the son and not giving him food until after his adventure. That was another uh, reason why. So it's it's kind of nitpicky. It is. It's rather it's rather nitpicky. And and this is a this is a national conversation. Like you said, it's a it's a hot topic right now. It's, it's a lot of it is in the news. Yeah. Um. It's kind of just 
all over the place. Where do we stand with this in Idaho? Yeah, I uh, and one reason why this got me like one inspiration for this exhibit was my experience in Idaho. There was a it was during the summer, uh, during spring semester, I was at Porter Park and it just so happened to be the uh, day of the gay pride festival. And I had, I, I hadn't heard of it or anything like that, but I was there. So I walked around with my wife to see what was going on. And I noticed a lot of hostility specifically um, about the issue of sexuality in classroom and educating children about gender and gender identity and how some people believe there should be no conversation. Some people believe it's limited or some people believe it should just be completely open. Right. And so what this got me, this got me inspired to talk about, well, what about the role of picture books? Historically, picture books have talked about controversy and have kind of educated children in a way that's easy for them to understand about some of these issues, um, whether it's racism, whether it's gender identity. And so I thought, well, it'd be interesting to see to compare these books historically that have been banned with the books now that talk about gender and to see if potentially in the future, in 20 years, are we going to look back at some of these books that are being banned today and think that they're it's just as nitpicky? Are we going to look back and see, hey, uh, this book in Tango Makes Two, which is a really popular one that's been banned, is this book, is this really just nitpicky of us? Like, is it okay for children to read this? Because in 20 years, I think potentially it could be, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes that makes sense. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. Your major is you're an education major. Uh, I'm a history major. A history major. Okay. But yeah, education is a big part of it. Perfect. So, what is the what's the conversation like on this campus or within your major on this topic? Uh, the conversation uh, and this comes from some uh, talks with professors I've had and some other students. But I think there's a consensus on campus that when we look at children's literature, we can all agree that pornography does not belong into in children's literature right um depictions of anything that of that like could be very harmful but at the same time it kind of introduces a topic to me that i find fascinating what's the difference between something that's educating about biology and something that's pornographic and so people have different opinions on what that is where that line should be between educational and harmful and so for example some people believe racism should not be talked about in the classroom I personally view, I think, the discussion about race is not necessarily wrong to have in a classroom. And so it's just depending on who you talk to. But generally on campus, you can agree that pornography does not belong. But how you define what's harmful like pornography is really difficult when it comes to this. And so ultimately, I hope my exhibit helps people define what is harmful, what they believe to be harmful for kids. Right. So let's talk a little bit about this exhibit. How long did it take to curate what effort went into this? Yeah, I so I spent the entire of the seven weeks uh, developing a website that is going to be um, published with the open house of the exhibit, which is October 2nd through the 6th. So during this uh, week, this is going to be like the open house of where we're going to have a lot of people on staff to answer questions, um, activities throughout the week, and it's going to continue all the way until the end of the fall semester. But ultimately, it's taken me about eight or nine weeks to kind of curate and design the website and kind of set up the library so that I can display these things, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we talked about at least one book that's probably in that display. Mm-hmm. What are some other books and other things that are in the display? Uh, my most, The most widely recognized and I think most famous is a book called The Story of Ferdinand. 
and so that's a book that a lot of people are familiar with, published in the 1930s um, and banned uh, in multiple different countries, not just our own, but banned specifically in Nazi Germany. Adolf Hitler burnt the book in public squares. Um, and so books like that, uh, including also The Lorax, is a book that has been banned in the United States. Um, a Snowy Day, um, a popular book about a young black child kind of ex experiencing a snowy day for the first time. Um, and there's quite a lot other books, including six Dr. Seuss titles that a lot of us might be familiar with, uh, that have been recently banned in 2021 that stops publication. And so those are just a few of the books. My favorite again, yeah, is the story of Ferdinand, I think is really fascinating, uh, because of its narrative that it to me is very simple and innocent, but to other people, including Adolf Hitler was very harmful to his militaristic propaganda and his agenda, if that makes sense. Because it's kind of a story of pacifism, and so that's ultimately why he banned it. So that's my favorite example of what we were showing. As you prepared for this exhibit, my question, interesting, was there one author that, as you came across, had more books banned than any other? Uh, that's a great question. The most, I think, very, ironically, I think it might be Dr. Seuss that I've come across. I've noticed a lot of Dr. Seuss books have been banned, um, and not just banned, but Dr. Seuss, the the estate that runs all his books, has pulled publication of quite a few titles as well because they view them as harmful, um, whether it's a racist trope that he uses or anything else. Um, they've stopped publi publishing a couple books like that. So I think he's probably the one that I've noticed the most, but there definitely could be others that I just haven't seen, if that makes sense. And how can people get involved in this? I know there's... Obviously, throughout the state, throughout the country, there are school districts that are having meetings to ban books. Mm -hmm. uh, the constant conversation, um, parents can go to board meetings, whatever it might be, to, yeah. to get involved. How can people get involved? So getting involved in this conversation, I think, is begins with um, educating yourself about the, the history of banned books and why books are banned. And ultimately, that's what I wanted my exhibit to do, is to help people get introduced into this conversation giving them a brief but comprehensive history of banned books to be able to enter this conversation with an opinion that is well-backed and well-educated, uh, if you will. And so I think by educating yourself and then by finding spaces to talk about this, whether it's at board meetings, online, social media, or, for example, again, my exhibit, I'm going to be having multiple uh, places for people to stick up post-it notes all over the library for them to voice their opinion on questions that will be posted all over. And on a website, I'm going to have that as well for people can respond and stuff. So I think it really just starts with educating yourself about the topic. Right. And let's let's get on that a little bit more about the exhibit. You said it's open house is going from the 2nd to the 6th. Yes. And what are some activities that are going to be incorporated in that? Yeah, so the, the biggest one that I'm most excited for is on October 5th uh, during forum hours. Um, so that Thursday, 1130 to 1230, we have, a, um, we have a professor that she specifically, her specialization is uh, children's education. She's an English teacher. And so she on campus, uh, I've talked to her and she is coming to give a brief lecture, an hour lecture about how you can decide um, what is educational, what is harmful and how you can decide for yourself and for your kids what that line is. Because for everyone else, it's probably going to be different. Um, that's my most. That's probably the what I'm most excited for. There's going to be refreshments served for that. Um, and on Monday, as of right now, um, the library has a printing press um, that not a lot of people know about. 
And so the printing press is going to be printing um, some of some. Um, it's going to be printing very old picture books called chapbooks. So they're going to be taking this old format of picture books that was really popular in the 19th century, so the 1800s, and we're going to be reprinting those um, for people to use in on during that week, if that makes sense. So it's an open press day. You can come and print uh, some things on the printing press that printed the original copy of the Book of Mormon. Um, and so there's those are the main two activities that we have as of right now scheduled. Um, but throughout the week, again, it'll be interactive in with the staff. The staff are going to be on board there to answer any questions. And there's going to be multiple um, forms for people to in, enter their own opinions based on like a lot of different questions that we'll be asking. One of my final, I guess, one of my final questions is just what times is the library open? Mm-hmm. Um, so you said the 2nd through the 6th, and this goes through the entire rest of the semester after yeah. this. Um, when can people come in and, and experience this? Yeah, so uh, specifically the 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., the library, or the special collections section of the library, which is uh, in room 220 on the second floor of the David O. McKay Library. Uh, that is when it is open, uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's free to enter. No, you can come in you look around. Um, you don't have to pay anything. And, um, there will be again, QR codes that link to website where I've scanned a lot of these old books that we have. So you can completely read them for free online. Um, and kind of see what was deemed controversial. Um, and again, yeah, this, so from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, October 2nd through 6th. And then after the open house, there will just be less staff involved, uh, kind of maintaining the exhibit, but the exhibit will still be up, um, including the website, all the way until the end of the semester for you to interact with. So if you don't make it the open house week, that's fine. Um, but the rest of the week, the rest of the semesters, it'll be open. I don't know. I would I would clear my calendar to come to the open house week. That sounds like a good time getting to print things on the printing press and, and have that lecture and refreshments. Can't miss the refreshments. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. We think it's going to be a great time. And ultimately, we hope it gives people an idea of what of how they can define for themselves and for their families what is educational and what is not i think this is a great a great opportunity because sometimes people shy away from conversations like these the controversial conversations about yeah. banned books and things and you're bringing it to light you're focusing on it and not forcing people to to see it but making it more accessible yeah for people to come in and see what that is about and what problems, uh, solutions maybe come from conversations like these and great goal, uh, for this exhibit. Thank you. So, thank you. um, thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you would like to, to talk on and cover before we end? I know, I, I don't believe so, but, uh, I, again, I would really appreciate if people come out and support me. Uh, this is my final internship project, uh, that I'm doing for the school before I head out to study, um, at grad school. So, this is my last semester, and uh, again, my name is Breeden Chancellor, and the open house is October 2nd through the 6th. Perfect. And where are you going to grad school? I, that's a great question. You we're, don't know yet, huh? I don't know. Well, I right. know what I'm studying, more history, but I don't know where yet. So, Okay. Well, fantastic. Thank you, Braden. Um, that was Braden Chancellor, the undergraduate, cu- undergraduate curator at the David O. McKay Library. Uh, he joined us to talk about his exhibit that's coming up soon. It's called Controversial Conversations. You can see it soon at McKay Library. Thank you, Braden. Appreciate it. Thank you.